Hey everyone, what is up, what is up? My name is Ryan and I wanna start off by saying welcome. And I just want you to think of a time. Can you think of a time right now when you felt uncertain? And I asked you that to, to actually like get ready to share myself of one of the most uncertain times I've ever had in my life. And it was actually a week ago. See, my, my good friends, Barry and April Martin here at Mile City, well, they asked me to take care of their dogs while they were out of town. And not only are they good friends, but Barry's my direct report. He's my boss. He's the boss, man. And so I, had to, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I definitely want to make sure I take care of my boss's dogs the right way. But the thing about their dogs, Sherlock and Watson, check out this picture. This is them. Oh, yeah, they're cute, right? Check them out. So they are terrified of me. And I don't get it because I'm a dog person. I love dogs. If someone owns a dog, to me, I consider it's one of their family members. But these dogs are terrified of me. They're so uncertain of me. And so because of that, when I go in to let the dogs out, well, I'll just tell you the one time I did of the many times that weekend. I went at nighttime. And I went to let them out. And to get them out of the house, I have to open the sliding door. And then they run to the opposite side of the house. I have to go to the opposite side. And then they run away from me because they're nervous and uncertain. And they go towards the out sliding glass door. And they go outside. Then when they're done going to the bathroom, I have to go to the back of the backyard. So then they try to get as far as they can away from me. And they run back towards the house and they go inside. I shut the door and I lock it up and I leave. That's the process I have to do because these dogs are so uncertain about me. But so at night, I'm there. I'm going to do this routine. And as I go to do it, I now go to go outside. And all of a sudden, the one dog is to the backyard. So I know I got to go to the back. But I look to my right and Watson is on the other side of the fence. I'm, and I look at the gate instantly, and I look at him, and he's standing still, and it looks like there's a gap under the gate, even though it's shut, and he's standing there, and for a moment, he's like, he's looking at me like, bro, I'm uncertain. And then I'm looking at him, and I'm telling you, I feel uncertain about what's about to happen. And all I can think of is just to call him nicely and lovingly, hey, come on, come on, come back in the yard, you know? And he looks at me, and then bolts. I mean, this dog is so fast. And so I, I, I'm opening the gate, and I shut it. I'm hoping the other dogs are leaving. I'm, I go to look for, for Watson, and I'm going after him, and I'm nervous. The adrenaline, I, I have no idea what's about to happen. And I'm trying to follow him, and I'm trying to call him, and he keeps running away from me. And then I lose him. And I would love to explain all the details. There were so many good details. There was one time where I was walking the other dog, hoping he would come to the dog, and I'm holding my flashlight, looking in the bushes, and I have a bag of cheese, because April told me they love cheese. So I'm sitting there shaking this bag of cheese in this neighborhood at night, like yelling out Watson. It was ridiculous, but I wanted to find this dog. And there were times where I couldn't see him. I had no idea where he was. And then I saw him, and I'd see him, and he'd take off running again. And then he'd run towards the house, sort of like somewhat the direction, even though he was further from the house. And I'd think, okay, I'll go home. Maybe he, he, he showed up to their house, and I'll let him back in. And all of a sudden, I, I'm, he's not at the house, and I'm doing this over and over. And I call a friend, and, and this takes three hours to finally, I'm, I'm going out the, the last time, and I'm with my friend Donnie that's coming to help me. I'm thinking maybe if we go on opposite ends, we can get him to run towards the house or something if we find him, or we can grab him or something, corner him so we can bring him home safely. And, and we're going, and I start thinking of the worst. I'm exhausted. I mean, I, I, there were details like when I ran after him one time, I'm, I was wearing flip-flops and my flip-flop broke. And I dropped the cheese. And the one dog I'm trying to walk is nervous and uncertain about me, so he's walking weird with me while I'm trying to look for this other dog. 
And I'm starting to think, well, I got stress and anxiety and worry. And I, and I had called Barry in April and let them know. And I'm starting to think the worst. Like, what's going to happen when they come home? How's Barry going to feel? How's April, April going to feel? How are their kids going to feel when they come home? And if their dog's maybe gone forever? Or if I find this dog on the side of the street? I started thinking because it got hit by a car and it's dead. Like, I started thinking the worst. And I got this pit in my stomach, stress, anxiety. I'm sweating even though it's cold outside. And the good news is we find the dog, right? But before we found the dog, there's so much uncertainty. I had no confidence. No confidence at all. But then we did find the dog and we got him to run. He went to hide under a car and we got a hold of him down. He got him and to, to finish the story, we get him home safe. And I'm telling you, the pressure and the, the joy, the celebration happens. But man, that night, is, it was stressful. I went home and I didn't even sleep. My, the way my nerves felt and stuff. I was, the uncertainty, it was killing me. And in the same way, I share this story because, you see, I think it's safe to say that we've all felt extreme uncertainty in life and it's affected our confidence and how to live our lives and what we do in the moment with our actions. I mean, when I think about just the last couple of years, right, we have things like the pandemic. When the pandemic happened and it shut down and there were deaths happening and stuff, we were uncertain. There was worry. There was anxiety. When, when politics were happening, why the world was shut down, people weren't sure how the world was going to change, what was going to happen in America, depending on what president. There was uncertainty. There was, there was, there was stress. There was anxiety because, that, because of the racial tensions and the way people were dividing and people's views and then with racism and hate and decisions, people making masks, no masks, vaccine, no vaccine, all these decisions uncertainty, not even knowing, like, is, it, is the vaccine good? Is it not? There's all these views. No matter where you stand on those, I think we all can agree there was so much uncertainty that it affected our lives. Kids with their education, what's going to happen? Or, or not having the sports or the proms or, or even just getting educated for their future and online schooling affecting a lot of kids. Jobs, people not knowing if they had a job or if they had a job, would it get would they go to work or do they have to be home? And the kids don't understand when they're home that it's work because when they're home, they're losing at work. There's so much stuff. And the list goes on and on and on. And I sat there for a moment because I really want to make sure we understand like uncertainty is going to happen in life. That's not going to change. But what should change is the way we can walk through that by understanding what we're supposed to do in those situations to walk differently in life to know and have trust and faith about what's really gonna happen in our lives. And that's what we're gonna explore today. That's what we're gonna dig into. But first, if we could just pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this topic. And when we're living in such a, a world of uncertainties, I thank you that, that we are learning that we can be certain about you, though. And through that, I pray that our minds and our hearts continually get prepared to, to draw near to you more and more. Um, please guide my tongue as I speak this message. Uh, and God, I, I pray that you, you guide our ears to hear what you want us to hear so we continually grow with the God-given purpose you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we've been in this series in the book of Genesis, and we're talking about Abraham. And he was called Abram, and then later on we see his name gets changed to Abraham. And, and he, he, he's in this place, and God asks him to leave almost everything behind and travel into a new land, right? And, and that, that's, a, that's a huge deal. And then and through that, he goes into some places where he gets, he gets struck with fear, 
we, we saw, we talked about how the fear came just so much that he didn't want to admit that a beautiful woman was his wife because he thought it was going to cause him trouble. So he tells people they're his sisters so they could try to date her. It was, it was a mess, right? And, and Abram had to struggle with that. And after that, him and, and Lot, someone that he cares about, they, they had to divide and go their separate ways. And there was this conflict. And then after that, we see in the next chapter after the conflict, we see that he ends up having to go in and help Lot. And there's all this stuff, and he's, God uses him to help Lot out. And now he's at this point where he's feeling uncertain about his life and God's plan. He's seeing the way God's doing other things and using him even to help Lot. But what's going to happen to him? He's struggling because he's well over the age of 75, and he doesn't even have a kid of his own. And having an heir back in the day, it was a big deal. And so he's trying to lean into God's promises, but there's uncertainty. And that's what we're going to pick up today. When he, he receives a vision from God. And, and once again, what, the, the thing that we see happening over and over through all these situations is God reminding Abraham of God's promises. That's what, that's what he keeps telling him, reminding the promises to help him getting through each step after step after step through this journey. And so now he, he has a vision from God. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 15, 1 through 5. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Ab Abraham, Abraham, which later on he's called Abraham. Sorry if I messed that up. But it came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Elizer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring. And a, mem a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So shall your offspring be. First of all, we see God saying, he reminds him of God's promises. Yo, I'm your shield. I'm your protector. And this isn't just like a shield that we think, well, what would we use a shield today? But back then, if you were in battle, if you were a soldier, if you, if you had a shield, if you didn't have a shield, and when people could shoot you with arrows from far away, if people tried to hit you with blunt weapons like this shield, it, it would save your life. It gave you chances to survive. And God's saying, yo, I am your shield. And, and when you follow what I'm saying, like there is a reward far greater than any reward you'll ever obtain in yourself. There is a treasure and with us too, we need to realize that there's no treasure that I can obtain that will ever amount to the treasure that God wants for me, wants me to have and wants each and every one of us to obtain for, for us to have. And he's reminding Abraham this right here. And, and I like this because Abraham's life is feeling uncertain. It's feeling unclear. And so as he's there, he, he has Abraham go out and look at the stars. Have you ever went out and looked at the stars? I'm a suburb kid, and I'm not talking about the suburbs or the city. I'm talking about have you ever went out in the nature where there is no electrical light pollution, no light at all? That's what I'm talking about. Thousands and thousands of years ago, there wasn't light pollution like there is in a lot of our cities. 
So imagine, think of a time maybe, go there with me, where maybe you went camping or you were out at a lake or you were in nature and there wasn't any light pollution. You looked up at the stars. And as you saw all these stars, and at night like that, when there's no light pollution, you see billions and billions and billions of stars, right? This is the view Abraham had when God brought him outside to look at these stars. And he said, as you number these stars, you will have descendants. He promises him this. Man, it's a beautiful picture, right? Picturing these stars and him having that many descendants. In the same way, it's, it's, it's beautiful for us to think about the situation that God, when Abraham had such an uncertain, unclear situation, he gave him such a clear, clear vision and promise that he could look forward to, that he could trust in. And so this shows us that the scripture tells us that we need to trust God even when the way is not clear. We still need to be able to trust him. And to do that, it might be something like focusing in on God when everything else is going on. Think like when you focus in on a star, you use a telescope, right? We need to be able to focus in on what matters so we can trust where our life's going, even when it is unclear. And he shows us this. So maybe we should focus in on a question right now. What is not clear in your life? right now, that you need to trust God with? What isn't clear in your life that you still need to be able to trust God? When I think of feeling not clear about something, I think about when I was playing music. Back in the day when I first started playing music, I went to a hardcore show performance. So if you've been to a music performance before, okay, you get that. But if you, if you haven't been to a hardcore metal live music performance, it's different. I walk in uncertain, unsure. Things are looking really unclear because it looks chaotic. There's people jumping off the stage, crowd, crowd surfing and, and feet and hands hitting people. And there's people in this thing called a pit and they're pushing and they're dancing. And they're doing all these moves. I mean, it's crazy. And there's people headbanging. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? It was really unclear to me, this experience. But there was something in me that I wanted. I felt like I saw this joy that people had even in this chaotic, messy crazy looking experience that I wanted to understand it. And so I instantly just jumped in the mix. And when I did that, all of a sudden, years later, I continue being a part of this environment. And there were things that I learned that I could trust. And I received this comfort and peace in being in such a crazy, fun environment. And where some people would feel really nervous and uncertain. And so much because I could trust in the things while being in this environment, I'm able to go into these pits with such confidence now. Even when there's so many uncertain variables, so much that I went to a show recently with Justin and Maya and our friend Steve, and um, here, just check it out as I walk backwards into one of these pits, because I feel, I feel a little confident. And I, I still, as you can see, I still enjoy these situations, these shows, this environment. But the thing is, the reason why I show that to you is because when I learned about those environments, I gained confidence in those environments, and I even enjoyed being in those environments. And so much more, 
God has been showing me, it took me so long to understand this, he's been working on me to, to show me that as we as a people understand more about God, even when there's uncertain variables going around us, we can find this confidence, this peace that we can only receive, this comfort that we can only receive from our God by trusting in him. I really want us to, to walk away with learning to trust him in these uncertain situations. And what's cool is when we look at Abraham's story, we get to look at the beginning, the middle, and the end. We get to see this whole story play out. We can see how it went unclear and how God came through with his promises. But Abraham, at the time when he was in the midst of this, he was able to go forward. He was able to still trust God when he didn't know what the middle to the end was going to even look like. He literally went forward because he knew who God was. He was understanding that God was sovereign, which is in control. He was powerful. He was loving. He, he kept his promises. They, when he made a promise, it happened. And so because of that, he was able to have this comfort, this confidence. And in the same way, when we, we have his son Jesus that, that he sent to us, that as we continue to learn about Jesus and we spend time with Jesus, when we have a true relationship with him, there is a comfort and peace that comes over us where we can learn to trust Jesus in the most uncertain times in this uncertain world we live in. Abraham, hearing the promise that God made, is now showing him that he can have faith. And this, this is my favorite thing. It's one of my top, man, about believing in God, is that it's not about who we are. It's about us believing in who God is. It's not about our ego and how great we are. It's about understanding how great our God is. And Abraham got this. So much that when God told him, hey, you don't have to worry about your heir. I'm going to take care of it. Let's look and see what happens next. It says, Abraham, Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So I want you to just take a good look at this line. It says, the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. Righteous, pure, perfect. And it doesn't say he counted Abram perfect because he was perfect. It didn't say he counted him perfect because they made some kind of deal or anything. No, no, it was literally he believed in God. It was because of his faith. See, what we see here, once again, that thing that it's not so much about who we are and how great we are. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a knucklehead. I don't get to do this because I'm, I'm some great person. It's because I learn more and more daily how great the God is that I'm following. And I've seen life change through so many people that are also doing this daily, learning how great our God is. And when we have faith in that God, he covers us in his righteousness. And when we have that righteousness, we can be more confident when things are uncertain. And so we need to learn to trust God to make you righteous. Are you trusting God to make you righteous? When, when I think about the stars again, when we think about, go, go there with me, if you're, if you're out there and you're, and you're looking at all these stars, there's billions and billions and billions of stars. It's like when you, when you look at them, you have so many options to look at them. In the same way, when we look at life, there's so many options of what we could do. And what we're seeing here is to be considered righteous. 
We're supposed to focus on the one star that matters most, and that is Jesus. When we have so many uncertain things that we could be worrying about, we need to give our time to Jesus. It is life-changing, and I've seen it with my own eyes and other people's lives. And so when we focus on Jesus, the one true star, it's, he's even referred to in the book of Revelation, the morning star. When we focus on him, it's gonna make us righteous in God's eyes. So here's the next question. What in life is keeping you from having a faith that makes you righteous? What in life is keeping you from having that faith? And if you're someone that says, well, I believe in Jesus, I have a faith, what's keeping you from growing in that faith, strengthening that faith, as much as God wants to strengthen it each and every day? Think about that question. Write it down if you're taking notes. And so now we're gonna continue at Genesis 15, 13 through 16. It says, then the Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there, servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400, afflicted for 400 years. This sounds exciting, right? But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. The word sojourner, it gets me pumped. Just I need to make a shirt that just says sojourner and wear it. I, I love this word because in other translations, they use a temporary resident. Like you're traveling in a temporary residence. That this, this earth that we know as, that we live in, it, it isn't our, our permanent home. It's temporary. And in the same way, God is telling Abraham that his people, man, they're just in a temporary residence. There's so much more coming. And so when the trials and the storms, there's gonna be storms, there's gonna be uncertainties, there's gonna be struggles and trials, but when you have those, know that I'm there with you. The God that fulfills promises is there walking along with you through them. And there's gonna be a day where you get to be home. At a home that's way better than anything you could even probably imagine. And, and, and so he gets this. And in the same way, if I could be honest with you, I struggle because sometimes myself and, and other people that are, are known as the church, I don't think we do the best job living like we understand this. And I say this to, to encourage us and build us up because in many times we also see in scripture that we are called sojourners. Not just Abraham's people, but us now today. We're children of God. That We're here on a temporary residence and that when we're here, it's to do what God has designed for us. He has a God-given purpose for us, a life worth living. And so when we're here, we're supposed to be doing certain things till we get to go to that beautiful, beautiful home. That home that there is no sin, that there is no pain, there's no need to be educated about vaccinations, there's no hate, there's no hunger. There's no unclearness or, or, or hurt. You get to go to heaven. You get to have a life that does not perish with the God creator of the universe where all tribes come together uniquely but unified together in heaven praising God. That's what we get to look forward to. And when we know that, 
how should that change the way we walk and talk as Christians in this world? If you are someone that considers yourself a Christian, let's, let's think to that. How should that change the way we walk and talk on this temporary residence when we want to make sure that same beautiful home is, is known that it's available to each and every lost, broken, dirty feeling person, no matter who they are, God can change it and bring them home. We are called to go out after the lost knowing this. And knowing that it's just not when we want to do it, that it's on God's time. We see God says, Abraham's people are going to be afflicted for 400 years. There's going to be times in our life where there's going to be struggles, even though we're supposed to be doing this and we have a relationship with God. And so this shows in the scripture, it says it's so important. The next thing we need to realize is we need to trust God to work in his time. Not our time but to know that we can find confidence in the promise of going home into heaven, to to have a life now till all eternity, a a life that doesn't perish. So going back to the stars, when you look at this picture of all the stars, the cool thing about stars is we can look up and they look beautiful, but scientifically we know that the light from a star it doesn't just go to us instantly. When you look at a star, it's so far away, and the star takes time to get the light to you. It takes time. There's gonna be other things that are meant to be beautiful in our lives, blessings that God has for us and wants for us, but it's gonna take time, and it's in his timing. And so we need to trust God to work in his time and that we be okay with it. So the next question I want you to ask is, what in your life Do you need to change to live differently with God's timing? What in your life do you need to change? So this can can happen. In Romans 13, 11 through 12, it says, besides this, you know the time. See what we did there? Turned to yellow. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of the darkness and put on the armor of light. The armor of light. The time is now. There is a relationship available to each and every one of us to to receive it, to truly believe in it, and then continue to grow in it for the rest of our lives. When we, when we believe in Jesus, we receive this armor of light. He is the light of the world. And we're called to put it on. So in the uncertain times, we know we're covered in this armor. And that's the trust we can have in God and his promises so we walk and talk differently. So let's recap these questions. And if you are taking notes, I would love for you to write these down. But it's, what is not clear in your life right now that you need to trust God with? What in life is keeping you from having a faith that makes you righteous? And what in your life do you need to change to live differently with God's timing? I think these are amazing questions for me and the rest of us to just really just chew on, to think about this following week and try to to not only think about it but then live out differently the things we should do to, to live out some of the answers of these questions. If you are someone that have a relationship with Jesus, 
I pray that we continue to grow close to him and we draw near to him. And because of that, we can, we can take this armor of light into the darkness of the world and share the good news that Jesus gave us. The, the, the purpose that we all can have to wake up excited and encouraged to go out and share the message that Jesus asked us to. The love. But if you're someone that, that, that says, well, I don't have that faith yet. I haven't taken the step. I haven't actually said, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you to know that there is a God that loves us so much that he gave us such a bright, beautiful, burning star, one that would refine us. And because of that, me as a person, and the knucklehead that I am, I can't reach stars. I can't reach them from here on earth. But God so loved us. If, if you're someone that is thinking about Jesus and, and, and you're starting to feel something in your mind and heart, I want you to know that God so loved you. He sent a star from the heaven down to us on earth. He sent him down to reach us. Jesus so loved us, he came to reach us, to teach us, to show us the purpose of life that will let us live with such confidence, even through uncertainty. Because we can always be certain of Jesus. Because he showed us love while he was here. He healed the blind so they could see, the crippled could walk. He, he taught people how to love people better the way God intended. Jesus came to serve us and showed us the importance when we should have been serving God and, and he served us. He came to serve. He got down and washed his disciples' feet and taught them and loved them and before he got brutally put to death for us. But the thing is, the star that's here for us, when he came down and did that, even though he got persecuted, even though he was put to death on the cross, he didn't stay dead. See, once again, God's promises were fulfilled. He defeated death by rising three days later. And when he did that, it made it so we could ask for forgiveness for all our imperfectness, anything we did at any time in our life, even when it was uncertain and we felt pressure of it and we did something wrong, we can ask for forgiveness and we can pursue this God. We can be in relationship with this God. And so if that is your next step, if you wanna put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you want to believe in him, we're, we're gonna pray. And you, and you can just... Use this prayer as a guiding for you to put your trust in him with your mind and your heart. And just, just, just pray this. I confess my sins to you. I believe that you, Jesus, are God. Thank you for dying in my place to pay for my sin. Thank you for rising again for me. I lower my pride and surrender my life to you, Jesus. Right now, I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. And for everyone else that's here, I just continue to pray that we, we ask these questions to ourselves and we, we, we remember to trust God through the uncertainties. If, if it's anything else, just God, please help us to trust in you refine us and help us continue to grow and draw near to you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So just remember this. We can be confident in seasons of uncertainty because of our trust in God. Because of our trust in God. Thank you so much. And if you were someone 
that did make that faith move. We just wanna come alongside with you. We're, God tells us we're not meant to do this alone, so we'd like to just come alongside, answer any questions, be the community that God calls us to be for you. So you can just text, you could text uh, Mile City to the number 94,000, and that way we can get connected.